This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. Wednesday week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Okay, so uh, good evening, uh, good afternoon, depends on what time you're listening to it. Uh, welcome to the Wednesday week. Uh, my name's Dan, we've got Ben and we've got Holly. With us, we've got another special guest, a guy who uh, spent a short time amount, a short amount of time with us at, uh, at Sheffield Wednesday, but uh, he's fondly remembered in what was a, a decent season for us, or season and a half, I think it was, Grant, wasn't it? Um, so uh, I'll, I'll make no, no more hesitation. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Grant Holt. How's it going, Paul? You all right? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, I said, we're just talking about Wednesday. Yeah, when you seen that picture the other day, Jesus Christ, you could tell I came from a factory somewhere eating fried breakfast in the morning. I wasn't the most athletic, was I, for the first uh, first three months, but thanks, you had a decent pre-season, so it was all right. <laughs> so uh, normally normally on these ones, uh, as I normally say every time we do a show, Ben's done his own work. So I'm gonna we're going to go right back to your uh, your non-league career, your your early days pre-Wednesday. Now, because yeah. like we were saying, you're, you were so young when you um, when you when you were at Wednesday, we're probably going to talk about after, which never happens. So we're going to end up talking about other teams. So Norwich fans, brace yourself. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Off you pop, Ben. We can't do all our teams because we won't have enough bloody time to do it. But, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had to. Uh, I watched you under the cost one, so I won't make the same mistake as them and say that you you got released by Carlisle. I think you left Carlisle at your own accord, and then had a, a, a spell of non-league football. So how do you think that prepared you, especially for the striker that? You know, especially that we saw at Norwich, the uh, big target man, hustle, bustle, was the non-league way preparing you for that? I think what the, what the, I've been at Carlisle since I was like 12, was since a kid. Obviously, that was the youngest you start. I was there till uh, 15 and then I ended up leaving. Um, I just wasn't enjoying it. I didn't enjoy the whole thing of going, travelling down to Liverpool, getting spanked 5-0, not, getting, not playing. I was a right-back in them days. And I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, and I kind of, I didn't fall out of love with football. I, just didn't, I was falling out of love with the environment. I'd gone from playing Saturday with my friends, Sunday with my friends, and then it was like, you can only play for Carlisle, you can't play with your local team. And I was like, oh, that, that's not what I want to do. And I just left. And then I started playing back with my mates and then um, working Reds at the time. I just had a, 
a little bit of an influx of money and they were trying to get a lot of local lads to go and play for their, their under-18s and the first team. And uh, Peter Hampton, who's um, he, he sadly passed away not that long ago, he um, he was a Carlisle physio and he, he left his job and he got the job then. He obviously knew about Harrowby and Carlisle and different players. And he, he invited like five or six of us to go along and have a few few games and a few trials. And that's kind of where the journey came back into um, playing. It was like Northwest Trains League. Um, I ended up playing uh, half a season. Then I got suspended. I took a, a two-footed someone in a, in a in a reserve game and got seven weeks. I don't, I don't know that. Jesus, what, what did you do? Could threaten his mum as well? Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd gone in and two-footed him down the line and basically as a two-footed him, then the referee had said, like, had sent me off. But it was a great tackle, in my opinion. Um, you always are. Standard two-footed challenge, but won the ball, but took everything at the same point. And the referee sent me off and I told him then to do what you do with um, two fingers. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and he decided to put that in the report and I ended up getting seven weeks. So I got um, <laughs> the most bizarre thing. So I got seven weeks. So I missed like the most ridiculous amount of games ever. But um, I ended up getting back and I was, because I used to play right back and I was, I went there as a centre forward and moved up front by then. And because I played right back, as a punishment, when I got back, we didn't have any right backs. So the manager for the reserve said, right, you could play right right wing back today. I was like, what? Do some running. Yeah, do some running. So I basically played right wing back further on the Saturday. I played right wing back on the Tuesday. Um, the following week, I played again. He went, you can stay there. And the first team, on that weekend when I played the wing back, the two right backs for the first team both got injured. So I got, I, I got called back up to the first team, but as like a makeshift right back because the first team didn't have any right backs. So I was now on the bench for, as the right back. And then in the game, the two uh, centre forward got injured. He came off. The other centre forward went on. And then we only had one centre forward on the bench. And then the other centre forward got injured. So then I had to get put on a centre forward. So I've gone on a, as a, a centre forward. And then I ended up playing the game. I scored. And then I stayed in the squad as like the makeshift right back slash um, centre forward. Week after both centre forwards, one didn't make it. So the first sub was me. And then literally started playing a forward. And I went on to like bang, I banged 12 goals in in like 13 games. Well, nice. Literally, it was like, it was just mental how it all like worked out. And um, yeah, and that was kind of it really. So I started playing. It was the first time that I think working had won, won a league in like 50 years or something like that. So um, it was kind of a crest of wave and we got like loads of people. And it was, um, I'm trying to work out, I think it was like, like a Matlock kind of situation, kind of like that level. And um, they'd never done it before. And at the end of the season, it was like, I think we had like two, well, the road down there was two and a half thousand, but there definitely wasn't. There was like miles more than two and a half thousand. And it was like old, so when you picture like old school grounds, you know what I mean? Like we can, you can walk around everywhere. We can walk mm -hmm. any stand you wanted, go where you want. Fans could just merge where they want. And it was like kind of like that 3,000 fans just all around. And wow. it was like, we won the league. I managed to score last game season. We, we won 2-1. We went, I think it was like, we went 15 games unbeaten. We won 15 games in a row to actually win the league. Um, and the team at the end of the league was the team that was in second. And we actually beat... We, they were leading. We beat them. We had to beat them to win the league. And we literally beat them in the last game of season 2-1. Wow. That's some proper Roy of the Rovers stuff. That yeah. So basically, your striker career started with them trying to stop you from two-footed tackling people. Basically, yeah, that was it. Yeah, stop doing the tackling. Uh, try and give them. Get him as far away. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work because I got loads of sending offs after that. But that, that, I think that was the aim. 
But yeah, it was just weird. But like that gave me the little taste of like I hadn't missed professionally like that that scenario. But when I'd actually played in front of that crowd, I was like, oh, I could get used to like this. Mm. And there's quite a lot of talk of like teams going to have a punt, and they were talking about Carlisle having a little go at me. And it was funny enough that the guy I ended up signing for Halifax because the the guy who I ended up going into digs when in Halifax, he was from Workington. And he came up for the weekend, but he was good friends with Mark Lillis and Peter Butler at the time at Halifax. He watched the game and rang Halifax and said, you, you need to get your money out, whatever it takes, go and sign this kid. And um, and that's literally how it worked. He was literally having a few pints with his brother watching the game, rang his mate, you need to sign this kid for like 10 grand or whatever it and was. You were, like, you were like 18 at this point, like You, 18, you were literally yeah. a kid. Yeah, 18. So that's literally how it worked. He went, go and sign him. We were like, you'd be fine. And, um, and that was it. Like, literally within... Finished the league, and then with a few weeks later, I was I was a tyre fitter in that at the time, I think, which has been quite well documented. And um, that was it. Got a phone call, like, Halifax want to sign you, where, where you go, kind of thing. It's wow. the most bizarre, like, scenario. Oh, because it's two times I've been lucky. The two times I've been lucky was that guy getting pissed in the bar and watching the game. And the, <laughs> second, and the second time was when I went to Sheffield Wednesday, which we'll get on to in a little bit. Two two times in my life I've been so lucky and, and both of the times resulted in me getting moves, which is weird, really. <laughs> All right. Well, carry on, Ben. Go on, mate. I bet, you, I bet you're burgeoning. Uh, well, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so between Halifax and Quinta Wednesday, you also had the spell over in, in Singapore as well. Me and Fudge were trying to work out how to uh, pronounce the name of the side. Tenkang Marine. Yeah. That, that, that's probably yeah. close to the they're, both, they're, yeah. now, they're now even worse for you. It's how gang hools now at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. I'd, I'd gone I'd gone back to when I went to Halifax. So I'd signed to Halifax in the summer. Um and we we I'd done that and um we'd had a season. I'd had one season basically there. Um and then it was the the start of the second season. I'd um We've been been a preseason, so it was my first preseason. I had a really good preseason. There was loads of hype about me going to play this year. I was going to start because obviously with Kemper transition, I was going to play. And um, me, mum, and dad had gone on. I was supposed to be on holiday with them. Oh no, no, sorry, it was the first season. So my first season, I was supposed to go on holiday with them. And um, obviously, I said I can't because it's all booked, and I can't, I can't go on that Halifax kind of preseason thing. And they they got back on uh, August, and my dad had got a DVT in his leg, so he got like a blood clot. So I was like, all right, must have been flying and just put it down to flying. I didn't think anything of it. And um, he got another one and he got another one and they couldn't get rid of it. So I was like training, but no one was really telling me what was going on with like everything was going on. It was kind of all kept a little bit, don't tell Grant, kind of he's busy kind of thing. And then um, I was doing pre-season. We played a pre-season game about the August and uh, it was just before the season started the week before. Done really well in the game, but the manager gave us two days off. So I'd, I'd gone back to um, Carlisle to find out what had gone on. I went to my mum's house and no one was in. I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. No, Normally someone's in. I might be at work, but I don't think they're at work. And then I went to my me, uh, me girlfriend's, um, who's now my wife's house, and she was like, what are you doing home? Because I hadn't told anyone was coming home. I was like, oh, no, I just came back, see how everyone is, blah, blah. I've got two days off. And she went, have you seen your mum or anyone? I was like, no, no, I haven't. Why? And she went, no, um, they're up the hospital. You need to go and go up the hospital, I think. And I was like, Jesus. Right, okay. And um, and basically what happened is we, he'd, he'd got um, he got taken into hospital. So we he got took to hospital with no one to tell me. He went up to the hospital and obviously mum and that was, everyone was shocked. Obviously when I walked in, because no one was trying to tell me what was going on. And um, we just, they literally just found out that day that he got cancer. Oh, God, mate. 
So it was like, it was kind of that boom moment of like reality check of like life's now, the world's just about to change for the next um, next few months and find out where we're going. And we didn't know where they're going. Obviously, I'm, I know why they didn't tell me because obviously I was trying to forge out a career now. And I was quite, well, fair enough, I understand it. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? Get yourself back to football and, and the way it was. Cause Bless him. He was the one that was all about football, football. And um, and that was kind of the rock, really. I kind of went back to Halifax after that. And as a young kid, like, you kind of, I was supposed to start. I didn't turn in for the week because obviously I was back up in Carlisle. So it kind of took a few more days. And it kind of got in the middle of, like, playing, really. Okay. And um, ended up going down. Obviously, he was doing his treatment. So I'd, I'd gone down and we're trying to find out what, what had worked out. Played our first first game was on the bench. Obviously, a few few other ones. Um, then we turned out that um, obviously we, we we knew that the cancer needed to get treatment and stuff like that. That's, without going too too far, we we lasted and, and he had a stroke in the middle of just before he was supposed to chemotherapy. Um, and this was all in the mix of us finding out kind of thing. And that was basically it. Um, I found out found out that I was kind of training, but not really there. As you are, you're in the floaty clouds up there. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, did that kind of affect your uh, performance and just constantly playing? Because th- th- uh, there aren't many things that are bigger than football when you're a footballer, yeah. I assume, and that's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, anything to do with the family or anything like that, the kids or anything like that, it's, it's it becomes when you're on the football pitch, it's fine because your head's kind of on the football pitch. You've got no other choice. But as soon as you stepped off it, yeah, my mind was floating and. How was my mum? I was my sister, my brother. What I was everyone getting on? How was my dad? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was about three weeks later when he, they were trying to do all the things to get rid of it. Um, and the managers, we, we'd lost. I think I think we'd lost something like four games in the first seven or something. Like that. We hadn't started off well. And um, I basically got the phone call. Um, I was I always remember I kept coming back from training, and it was it was in the middle of the. Um, the strike, remember the fuel strike? Yeah. The massive one where it was like... Where they blocked off the motorways with the... Yeah, everything was done. Everything was shut. There was no fuel anywhere. No one could get anything. And they had a Renault Clear at the time. I knew this Renault Clear could go so long. And I came back from training and I was just, I went past the petrol station. I thought, well, now I don't need to fill up, even though there's something else. I'm all right. I've got enough kind of petrol kind of thing, thinking I don't need it. I got back and literally my phone rang and my mum saying, like, you need to come home. My dad's had a stroke. And I was like, oh, sh- shit. Yes. Um, um, I literally went to the petrol station. I went back to, is now short because there's no fuel left. Yeah. And about what, a quarter and a half a tank of petrol, I'm thinking, I might not get home here. I'm just going to have to like go. So I jumped I jumped in the old Clio anywhere, jumped in the car. I literally had to sit on like the M61, M62, M6 at like 50 miles an hour, thinking I'm going to have to try and like limit where I'm going. I was literally, as I'm doing it, obviously, as long as the police don't listen, I was literally tech, like on your yeah, phone, yeah. trying to find out where the next fuel stop is if anyone's found anything. And this is before <laughs> voice to text. I mean, we're talking Nokia yeah. thirty three thirty, yeah. aren't we? This is like old school, like trying to ring for like f- see who knew where foot stuff was and that. And luckily, I just um, I'd, I'd gone to about it was just just past Lancaster. So I was just about to go past Lancaster services, and I thought, oh, I'll just try it because it's obviously one of the main ones. Luckily, I got in. I had none left, no petrol whatsoever left. I had like. <laughs> Nobody told you, like, zero, zero. Luckily, I managed to get in. I just managed to fill up and get a petrol, and I managed to get home. And um, obviously, I rang the manager and told him everything had, had gone on. And um, obviously, he'd had his stroke. And then I um, I rang them up and said, oh, look, can we do something? I don't think I'm going to be back. It doesn't look good. Um, and um, 
luckily I managed to get a loan back to working like the next day. Mm-hmm. I went back to working for a month's loan while everything was going on and, and my dad, bless him, lasted about another three weeks and then he passed away. Oh, Jesus, um, man. And it so was all, like, that, all that time, all that, all those highs you've gone through in your career that we'll yeah. get to, you know, that, that must be something that sticks in your craw a little bit that your father didn't get to experience that with you. Yeah, massively. He, he, got, he got to see me play one game. We played Swansea and it was my first debut and I was on the bench and this was before it all kicked. It was just before the end of the season and um, he got to see me play for five minutes. He, he drove seven hours to Swansea with <laughs> Carlo and... Uh, Got in and I got a sub for five minutes. So you see me, you see me play five minutes of Swansea, um, which you can make of that what you will. I always think, well, at least you've seen one. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I managed to score for Halifax in the League Cup game just before he passed away. So he managed to see that in the telly as well. So because he was too, he wanted to come to the game, but he was too ill to come. So right. it, it's always one of them things. It's, it's difficult, but it's the, 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 this is this was the escalation of the Singapore, what we're getting to and, and everything like Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying, yeah, there's a, there's a segue here, isn't there? Yeah, so it's, it's coming it's coming full circle. So basically what happened was I'd gone back for a loan for a month at Workington. Then it then got, so I'd done my month and they were like, what's going on? And we didn't, I'd signed it. Then I went, well, my mum's not, my mum was struggling. She wasn't getting through it that well. She was obviously working at, at the same time. And, and I think it's, it, you don't realise, obviously, the, the bigger picture until you actually happens to you with obviously and now she's now a mother with three kids but obviously my sister was only 16 then mm-hmm. work and she's lost the main wage the householder and everything like that so he was trying to stop that so I ended up going back for three months in the end after about another month was there two months um, the manager at the time Mark Lillis who was fantastic and Peter Butler got the sack so I'd gone from like losing my dad being alone the manager got sacked wow Um I rang them up about a month later and said, look, I need to come back from working because my head was all over the place. I was drinking like you would and going out and not really concentrating on football. I wasn't training. I was just doing everything that I wouldn't do. So I said, I need to get away. I need to get back. So I literally turned back up to Halifax. I was back in the building about two weeks. Paul Bracewell was the manager at the time, took over and um, pulled me in after two weeks of being back and said, look, just to let you know, you weren't good enough. Um, You ain't going to be part of my plans. I understand what's happened with your dad and stuff and things maybe changed for you and stuff, but I just don't see it. You're, just, you're not good enough to play in the league. So I was like, right, okay. Interesting. Jesus. Um, and then it, it's, it's one of the things though. It's like, once you hear that, you learn quickly as a like, young kid that football's ruthless. Yeah. People, people haven't got time to wait for you. They haven't got time to, to look after you because you're in a bad place or something's going on. You haven't got that time. And I was very fortunate. I had a, I had been on loan to I don't, I don't even you know I've been on loan to Barrow about a year before for one mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. I've been on loan for a month. And there's a guy here, Kenny Law, who's now in um, Australia. He used to be the Perth Glory manager. Yeah. And I, I rang him up and said, "Look, Ken, I've got a chance of like going out on loan." And um, I said, "I've got I've got a chance of going on loan here." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "I think they're going to go on loan." He said, "Oh, what, I know. What I'll do is I'll um, I'll make it permanent and I'll do it today." So I was like, right. I said, what do you mean? He went, I'll do it today. He said, how much wages do you want? So I said, oh, I'm, I'm on about 175 quid. He went, right, done. He said, I'll give you 175 quid now. Um, I'll ring the manager, pack your bags, get all your boots, get your stuff. You're in. The, you're in. You're playing Saturday. Putting your straight, I'm putting you straight back in. Jesus. That, was, that was literally the conversation. So this was on the Wednesday. So on the Thursday, literally, Kenny rings me back up. I'm now at home. I've not even spoke to her like Halifax. No one's rang me. So Kenny, Kenny Rawlings, me said, right, don't forget, you're in the game Saturday. Um, 
I've told them they're a pack of CUNTs and um, and I'll see you at the weekend. And that was it. I was, I'd gone, gone back to Barra. Did you ever go back to Halifax after that conversation? Did you ever go back just uh Never just, I'm just checking it's all all right, lads. Like, you know nah, what I mean? Never went back. No one rang me. Just, the secretary rang me to say, you need to sign these forms. Literally signed the forms and that was it. It was done. Back to oh, Barrow. Fuck, fuck them then. They're lost. You know what I mean? It was literally a bit of that, yeah. And then obviously I've gone back to Barrow with Kenny. And uh, it was just one of the things, you know, when someone just does that for you, like someone just does it, like takes everything out of your thing, you're like, and it's just, an, I've done it. I've told them this. I've sorted it. Here's your money. Don't worry about the, we'll sort it out kind of thing. And it was like, it was a bit, you'd just lost your dad. It was like a father fag figure just stepped in and went, right, go fuck the mm. thing. And um, he just came in and said, look, you can, there's one or two ways you can do it. You can either fuck your career off now and not worry about like your career and just like your dad's presence or whatever's gone. Or you can just go and make him proud now. Mm. So he's just, use his energy, get on the pitch, run around like a lunatic like I used to do, like you will, and you'll have a career and then shove it up their ass when you do it. And that was basically it. So that was basically the, the scenario. So I went, signed for Barrow and um, I'd went to the end of the season and the, the manager at the time who was the assistant manager at Halifax had gone to Australia. This is how it, this is how the whole fucking thing <laughs> How you end up the other side of the world. Because yeah. already, I mean, Carlisle is miles away from anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. You, you anywhere. were in Halifax and then you've gone to Barrow. I mean, yeah. you're now a four-day camel ride away now, aren't you? And now we live in Norwich, which is even further away. <laughs> it's like the fourth, the fourth so anyway, he'd gone to he'd gone to Halif- he'd gone to um, Australia. So he'd rang me up and said, "Oh, do you want to come and have a look at Australia's like? Because Perth Glory is a good team. Mm. You've, met, you, you've got a great chance of getting a career. Blah blah. Do you want to come and have a look?" So I've gone out to Perth. Um, I'd gone out to Perth for a month, and I played for a team called Sorrento for one month, and I trained there. And I was like, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought, well, there's a chance to go to Perth Glory, but I just had a niggling thing that there was something not left to do in England. So I was like, I need to go back. I'm good enough to go back and play. So anyway, I came back to England and I thought I'm going to have one good year with Barrow. I had a really good year with Barrow. Um, I'd started training at Carlisle as well in the Mings because Roddy Collins and that were there. And mm-hmm. I was doing a few trial games and they were looking to sign me. And um, at the end of the year, the manager rang me. He was at um, Australia. He'd gone to Singapore and said to me, look, do you want to come to Singapore? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. uh, well, <laughs> I was thinking, well, I'm not. I'm only working in the factory, so it's like this is an easy life. Um, and he, he, he said, well, I said I'm, I'm from Widbarrow May, and then I can come June, July, and August, and we'll take it from there. And I just thought I'll go and use it as a really good pre-season. Mm. And do you know something? It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at your career and the way it goes after that. It really changes, doesn't it? After that brief yeah, period. Do you know what it was? Because not pre-seasons are shit. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of running. Yeah, nothing. No, everything I hated is pre-season. Yeah, you've turned up to training. There's no footballs out. That was yeah. the worst bit. Ed's gone. Yeah. That, that was basically me. Put me on a football pitch. I will run like till the death to to I lose kind of thing. That I'll just keep going. Put me in a running trail. I can't stand it. So I just thought I'll use it as pre-season. So me me my wife was with me, and I, I said, do, "Do you want to come to?" She was 17. Then I said, "Do you want to go to Singapore for four months?" And like stupidly, she said yes. So <laughs> we, um, we ended up going to Singapore for uh, four months. And the only reason I came back was um, I'd spoke to Carl at the time in the middle of it and said, look, I'm going to Singapore. And they're like, look, we're in an embargo. Um, we're in an embargo. We can't sign you. We want to sign you, but we can't sign you because we're in this embargo. As soon as that embargo is finished, we'll ring you up and come back. We'll sign you. This so is Carlisle. Carlisle, yeah. A hometown club. 
you know, Old you knew your mum and the rest of it, and all. You know what I mean? Always wanted to play for them. All my friends were there. Everyone's a Carlisle fan. I'd already agreed the wages. That was all agreed. Everything was done. All he was waiting on was the embargo to finish and they would assign me. I told the guy in Singapore, Trevor Morgan at the time, this is the deal. If Carlisle ring, I'm going back. Yeah, that's fine. So anyway, I had three and a half months, done really well, um, done well at the club. But I used it as pre-season. We're training mm-hmm. like 40 degree heat every day. Literally, it was like, it was you, you literally like train, have a shower, walk out and you need to shower. That's how hot it was. It was like a constant, just a drip fest, constantly going around the thing. Carlisle must have been Baltic then when you went oh back. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Going back from that. To, I was all right with summer. We do get the odd 22 degrees in Carlisle every now and again. No, you don't. I went to Carlisle two years ago for FA Cup third round and it were about 6th of January. So... It, no it, it's that no road. You've got that one road that just goes into nowhere that just like, you know what I mean? And yeah, then... The, it's and the, it's it, of death. Yeah, and they and they all call it Barrow in Furness, and I'm like, I, I'm, I always thought it was finesse, but that that was my shit kicker northernness kicking in. Yeah, you know what it. I mean? You're not northern. <laughs> yeah, everyone says this. You aren't northern. We are. Yeah, yeah. Anyone below Preston is not northern. <laughs> um, Very. So I'd literally done the Singapore thing. So I'd been there for four months, and the phone rings. Carlisle, all done. Embargo's finished. Get yourself back. Deals agreed. Blah blah. I said, right, okay, send the forms over. By the time you get there, we'll do them when you get back. They paid for the flights. I got back, landed on the Saturday, um, expected to sign on the Monday. Oh, the forms aren't ready yet. The bag was just getting signed off. I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming here. Back a week, nothing. Played against Celtic on the Sat- uh, Saturday at Brunton Park, scored two. And then we then played Newcastle in a friendly during the week. I scored again. So I've scored against two against Celtic, one against Newcastle. We're now into the third week. I'm thinking, come on, what's going on here? I was like, I didn't even eat pre-season. These boys are doing running. I was like absolutely blitzing it because I was fit as a fiddle. I was like, this is easy. Running them, them temperatures compared to where it was. I got to the, the month. I said, and literally, I was like three weeks. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're not sure we're going to get the deal. I went, you've got to this afternoon to do the deal. I'm going back to Barra. I've already spoke to Kenny Law and he's agreed everything. And um, he's like, oh, don't do that. And literally, I, I said, no, you've got to tomorrow till three o'clock. And I'll, I'll, I'll and that's me done, and uh, and they didn't come. I went back to Barra, literally signed back for Barra, and then um, what changed said, the mind? Did you ever get that feedback? You know what I mean? Did you ever get that reason why they never made the deal? Um, I got the reason once. Roddy Collins smacked me in the ribs when he was at Hall- when I was at Rochdale. I walked out the I walked out the uh, change room door. Um, they were signing Paddy McCourt at the time back in Shamrock Rovers. He'd gone there. And I literally walked out the door and I felt this like left hook coming to my ribs. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, didn't have a clue who it was. I looked around, I was just about to give him some real as it Roddy Cotton. He's like, oh, you big man. I was like, oh. He's like, the one I missed out on, Jesus. He said, what was I thinking? And blah, blah. They, had, they only had a, they had a little window to sign a couple of players. He thought he needed a few other people and I wasn't the one that was like the necessity and Obviously, that backfired for the big stars. So I was going to say, dude, knowing knowing where your career goes over the next eighteen years, you know what I mean. To, to these stories you've said about about I didn't fancy it, and this geezer let me go here, and all this, you've delivered some big fuck yous to two clubs, and it's only <laughs> two thousand two. You know know, I mean? That's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, but it's always opinions. Football's always the same thing. You know, man, if you're a fan, a chairman, a manager, oh, someone's always got opinion. Three times Carlisle that signed me. The first time they could have, oh, four times could have had us as a kid. And obviously that didn't work out. They had the Roddy Collins where they could have got us for nothing. I had, um, I was at Chef, I was at um, 
Nottingham Forest, and I could go on a loan. Mm-hmm. They wanted to send me on loan. I went to Blackpool. Carlisle said, no, we don't need him. So they didn't take me, even though I've been offered to them. So they could have had me for free. Forest went and let me go, and they went, no. I then went to Shrewsbury for 175 grand. Carlisle could have had me for 150. They went, nah, it's too much money. It's not worth it. So that's the, <laughs> three, that, so that 150 grand they could have spent. A year later, Shrewsbury sold me for 400 to Norwich with a, with an, um, a sell on if I got in the Premier League and this that, and the other. So they could have had about they could have made about a million quid. But they yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And uh, but the, the only thing they got was uh, nothing really. But it, it was. Do you know something though? In hindsight, though, it's one of them things. For me, it was perfect. I went back to Barrow three months later. I was at, I'd, I'd gone on lot. This um, I always remember the day that they rang me up to go to Sheffield Wednesday. I always remember the day I'd gone on loan to Halifax. Uh, I'd gone on trial to Halifax. I'd done one trial since that thing. Halifax rang me and said we wanted to come on trial. We had a game on a Tuesday night against Hyde, and um, I, I drove. Sorry, I they wanted you to go back to Halifax after fucking you off after your father's passing. You say Halifax there, Exeter. Yeah. No, Exeter. Exeter. Sorry, Jesus. it had an X in it. Exeter. Yeah, Exeter. <laughs> so I'd gone. Um, I, I didn't really want to do trials anymore. I'd done it. I'd been at Carlisle. Got, got fucked off, and I thought I don't really want to do it. Um, Exeter like were pestering me to go on this trial. So I was like, right, okay, I'll come. We've got a game. I said, I'm only coming if it's a game. I'm not coming training any of that shit. I'll show you what it's like in a game. You have a take me, you leave me. That was basically it. I'd gone to the factory. I was working at the factory at the morning. So I'd done six to two shift in the morning on the on the old lorry driving when I was in the factory then so I'd done six to two I'd finished I went home got a shower got me stuff ready for the next to go to exit the next day I left I had a game at Hyde on the Tuesday night so I went drove to Hyde played the game played there scored and then finished the game at 10 o'clock then I drove all the way to Exeter that night got in the hotel at two in the morning Jumped into bed. I had to be up in the morning because they had like a briefing for the game and the game was at 12 o'clock. So I'd done that, got up, played the game. Uh, scored in the game, I'd done really well actually. We beat them 2-0, the team were playing, the manager and everyone was there watching. I drove back, got back in the house about 8 o'clock or whatever, had a bit of food, jumped into bed because they had to be up in the morning for 6 o'clock. So I got into bed, jumped up in the morning, um, got, in the, got in the factory about 6 o'clock, absolutely fucking knackered because I'd been obviously the night before. Um, got in, Done the job, got home at half two, sat in the house, flicked the telly on the old Sky Sports News, da, 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 da. comes up on the bottom of the bar, Exeter manager sacked. <laughs> 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 so I was like, no. like the curse. honestly, I was like, this was the chair. I was like, literally getting further and further down this chair, thinking like, my look in football is probably like the worst thing you've I've got. I've got to ask you, Grant, did you get out of bed or did you go, well, fuck that then and just roll over in bed? <laughs> no, it was Have a lie in. I was literally sat on the couch thinking like, my look is fuck. I knew I'd played well. I knew I'd played well. I'm thinking, oh, I've got a right chance of getting like off somewhere. But I was thinking like, exit is another one. For some reason, I get attracted to like places that are absolutely miles away. Miles away. Because <laughs> yeah. um, there's another one. I, I even put that, no one reads anyone. I went to trial at Torquay when I was 16. Um, they were another one I went trial at Torquay at 16 and um, same thing centre forward said oh you're not good enough we don't think you're going to make it that was another one I missed out just keep adding them to the list so it's like I have no lucky trials so this way I'm getting so I have no lucky trials whatsoever so I came back to Kenny Law said to Kenny Law if anyone rings me for a trial I'm done I'm not going I'm not, I'm not unless someone comes and goes bang I'm going to I'm going to bid you and have you like I ain't going anywhere 
So this and you're at Barrow in Furness at this point. Barrow yeah. I just had enough. I just I was pissed off. I was on good money. I was like, I was working every day. I was on yeah. decent money at Barrow. I was getting good win bonus. So I was like, I'm quite comfortable here. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, for a, you can get a house in Carlisle for 50 grand. It's five bedroom mansions. So we're all right. <laughs> we don't need to move many places. Um, and I just had enough. And I remember walking in. I always remember it, Tuesday night I walked in. I walked in the doors. My mum had came to the game. She always just come drive me over. So I walked in the game. And um, someone said, the manager wants to see you. So I walked into Kenny's office. Kenny, oh, just to let you know you're not playing tonight. I went, you having a fucking laugh? I've just scored like, I'm like, I've scored seven in 10 games. I was like, you're taking the piss. He's like, nah, you're going on trial tomorrow. I went, I was like, nah, I said, we've had this debate. He said, I'm, I'm not doing it. I said, I don't give a shit who it is, where it is, what it is, I'm not going. He went, well, I'm just telling you, I give a shit if you don't give a shit. And I'm telling you, you are going tomorrow. You've got a trial at Sheffield Wednesday. You're playing at Hillsborough. You've got to be there at two o'clock tomorrow. So you can watch the game and get away. I've already rang your boss. At, so that, this is what I talk about with him. He's already he'd, rang the gaffer? He'd, no, he'd already rang my boss at the factory and told him I won't be in. <laughs> like, without him telling me. So he'd, rang, he'd, he'd got the number for the factory, rang up to find out where it was of my mum, which thing, rang the guy and said to him, Grant won't be in tomorrow. He's going for a trial at Sheffield Wednesday. So just to let you know, if he has to do a sickie or whatever, do a sickie. So I was like, fucking hell. So I was like, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, Hillsborough, two o'clock. Well, I always laugh at the fans because Hillsborough, to me, is like massive. It's huge. Yeah. Like, obviously, because everything that's gone on in the past and the club itself. I always remember going there. We, we done it. When I was at Halifax, actually, we went to the training ground. It was like when the big boys were all in there and everyone, the cars and the thing and going on the ground and this and the other. And it's like a massive thing. So when you hear that, them words, like Sheffield Wednesday, you start thinking, oh, God, this is like starting to get a bit serious. And, um, yeah, and that was it, literally. So I came out, though, and as I came out, the team sheets obviously came. Half the crowd's now thinking, hang on a minute, what, what's, what's going on here? I'm, like, now walking to my man was in the stand, and obviously there's, like, because it's old school ground, you, like, you walk past all the fans. Same was like, why aren't you playing? I'm like, they're injured. And I'm, like, walking, like, everyone's like, he definitely is an injured. I'm just walking, like, normally. Up yeah, the yeah, yeah. Putting the limp on. Because my mum's, like, quite, like, chatty. She's like, what's going on? Like, and I'm like, mum, you're in the director's, you're in the director's box. Shut up, kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, well, I was trying to be, I was trying to be de- discreet and going, like, oh, I'll tell you later on. I'll tell you later on. But, and then she's like, what? And I was like, I'll, t- I'll tell you later. She's like, what are you going on about? Why is he not playing? I'm like, I'm just thinking, shut up. <laughs> So I was trying to leave. The thing is, I couldn't even leave to get. I couldn't even leave to get to bed early because one of the guys, Graham Anthony, like Graham Anthony, used to be at Sheffield United and stuff. And he never drove, so right. he was in the car school because he was from Cala. We used to drive. He's the only man I know that never drove for his whole career, and then he finished playing football and he got a driving license. Like, <laughs> absolute genius. Absolute genius. So he never bought one of them big flashy cars, then I guess. He never, never had one. <laughs> so, until, so, but I couldn't even leave early to get to bed to go to Sheffield the next day because he was in the car school and I couldn't leave in Barra. So I had to wait oh, to the game wow. finished at like uh, ten o'clock. Then I drove home, got home at twelve, and then obviously I had to get to bed and then get up to go to Hillsborough the next day. So I'd gone from like being in Barra and Furness next minute I'm walking into Hillsborough the next morning. So you've you've got to Hillsborough. It's the day after you, you've done the lift. You know what I mean? You've done the carpool. You, so what was waiting for you at Hillsborough then? I mean, obviously, you must have changed your mind on trials when you, you're going up something like... How many leagues were you leaping up? I think it was eight, I think, wasn't it? Championship it was. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and we were having a shit time of it at the time, weren't we? We weren't, we weren't great. Yeah, near the bottom, yeah, near mm. the bottom. So the, it wasn't done. It was full relegation battle. Mm. This was so. I literally remember turning up, and obviously I had not clue where to park because obviously as a fan, you know where to park. You always park down the bottom. You walk up and you, you go in. So um, I didn't have a clue. So we kind of got there. Didn't know. Someone said go to the main glass reception. So I did, and like, oh my god, I'm now like walking in. And then it's like any ground. When you understand, you don't appreciate how big it is until you walk in the middle. As soon as you walk in the middle of a pitch and you look backwards, you realise how big the bloody place is. Mm. And um, I remember going in and meeting and uh, hiya, not good to see you, blah, blah. Go downstairs, we'll take you in. Or there's a ticket for you. And it was my wife and my mum at the time. I got a ticket to come and watch. And my wife hates football, so it's probably the worst hour and a half of her life. And um, I walked just walked down. I remember going to the dress rooms and thinking like, wow, this dress room is bigger than a lot of the dresses we've been in before. And you, it just got an aura about it, hasn't it? It's so big. You just, you just got an aura. You, you do think back to all the games you've seen and everything that's gone on with it. Mm-hmm. I remember just getting in there and getting ready and walking out in the warm-up and like literally walking out. Because trials are hard. You have a clue who anyone is. You're mm-hmm. playing with the reserves. A lot of the lads are younger. You don't really know who they are. And I remember just walking out, walking into the middle going, oh my God, this is like massive. And the pressure just went from zero to about a thousand because I'm now like thinking, I want this. I probably wanted it more when I stepped out more than I ever did when I drove, was driving down. Mm-hmm. And even it was empty. So you start visualizing, well, this is empty. So imagine if it was like 35,000 in there. So yeah, and that was it. Pressure was just like up to a thousand. I actually played the game, done all right. Didn't really, I didn't score, but I had a couple of chances. Done what I'd done, ran around like a bit of a lunatic like I would do when I was younger. and. And that was that, really. And then I got... So, um, as, as you as a player on the pitch, were you uh, the young, lively kid in your early 20s? And yeah, then was, and then you turned into the bathroom round, like, you know yeah, what I mean? I was, I was a bit of both, really. I was, a bit, I was a bit non-league. Look, from the age of 15, I was playing... On a 15, on a weekend, I'd play Saturday, I'd play Saturday afternoon under 16s. I'd then get up on a Sunday morning and go and play my brother's men's team. We were like all the old cigarettes and vape and DP. I was 15-year-old playing men's football. On a back on at half time. Yeah, but yeah, a little bag and that. Not me, obviously, but they were. Um, playing men's football, and then I'd play that game, and on a Sunday afternoon, I'd then go and play for like the under-18s game. So I was playing with men. So the actual, I was getting bigger and stronger. I learned quite, I was good at using my body quite well, always from an age. A lot when I was younger, I used to do a lot more channel runs or daft runs, because I could, I could run all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's as you get older, you learn how to do different stuff and change little bits and tweaks. And not run around as much. Yeah, well, learn when to run and when not to run. That's that's the key. But yeah, it was yeah, yeah. like flyer all over. So I'd done all right. And I also, I'd done, I'd done the game and I was like, a little bit disappointed because I thought I should have scored really and my finishing wasn't really on it. Um, and I went I went home thinking, whatever it is, you know, met them afterwards and uh, Colin West had said, oh, we'll be in touch and lovely to meet you and blah, blah. And they're polite enough anyway. And I came out thinking, I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, and then I got home and I got a phone call off. Was it like the afternoon where I got a phone call and said, oh, no, they want, to, I want you to go for another trial on uh, Tuesday. They were playing uh, Newcastle. And I was like, all right, okay. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to book the day off work and it's another lost day of money and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like crying it in and this, that, and the other. So I was like, that's fine. It, as long as it's definitely Tuesday, that's fine. So I booked a day off work. I thought, I'll do it properly this time. So I booked a day off work. Med sure chilled out the night before. Uh, prep properly, drank properly, ate properly, done everything like you'd think a proper 
Blackburn when I was at Halifax, just to give myself the best opportunity. I got over there early so I could have a walk around, not get stretched and this and either. But so, but they rang me on the Monday and said, "Oh, we don't want you to play in the game on Tuesday now. We want you to come all the way down to Hillsborough on Friday. We've got a game against Birmingham." And I was like, "No." I was like, <laughs> I know. I've been eating pasta for the last two days. <laughs> I was like, no. I said, I've, I've booked the day off. I've already done my plans. I said, I can't afford to keep pissing around with the, the, the factory and that. So it's either Tuesday or I ain't coming back. You need to make your decision. So they're like, oh, that's fine. Go on Tuesday then. So I went on Tuesday. So they're like, just do the Tuesday game. Turned up this game and it was all the kids. So like John Shaw, Richard Wood, uh, all that kind of, them lads, um, all the younger ones. It was just a young group who were all there. And then obviously I was only only young then as well. And literally we, we sat there and this team sheet came out and it was like Marcelo, Loa Loa, Shaka Hislop, um, <laughs> the two Calderwood brothers. Um, who else was in there? There was, uh, oh, there was low, it literally was like a full squad. They'd had like a game and they were all in there with Ashola Miori was up front. They had a whole squad out and we're looking at this team thing. We're going to get absolutely battered of this team absolutely battered and we we literally got a nil nil oh really and that, like i don't I, I don't think i got one shot at all <laughs> i don't think i got anything but all we done was run around like lunatics and pressed and worked and harried and got a few corners and that was probably about our joy we got this nil nil and i was thinking well i haven't done i, have, I haven't scored but i've done really well in the game so if that gets fed back to wherever it needs to be then i'll be quite happy um and they obviously did. He went back and they mentioned it and stuff. And then I'd heard that we were, um, Chris Turner wanted to come and see me in a game properly. So him and him and Colin West were coming to the game on the Saturday. We had a non-league. I think it was Matt. I think it was was it Matt? I was someone down there. I can't. I can never remember who it was. Oh no, was it Har- Har- whoever it was? And um, they were coming to the game. And this is where like the fortunes. So we played this game, so kicked off. I was obviously nervous, and everyone knows why. The thing is about it, we're near Sheffield. They're coming to watch the game. The home fans know, obviously, they're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. All our away fans know why they're there, because obviously I've been on a trial and it's been documented. So everyone knows why they're at this match. So the pressure just goes again, because you're now thinking, oh, my God, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget it. So the game started, we're about 15 minutes in. Our defender hit this big channel ball over the top. And I've gone after him thinking, I'm never getting it, but I'll just go and see what the goalkeeper goalkeeper does. And as I'm running through, I must be about 25 yards out, this goalkeeper came, he spanked the ball, it hit me square in the nose, I kid you not, square in the nose. And I've gone down, literally like Clara everywhere. I'm literally down. Next minute, everyone jumps on me. It's hit me square in the nose and went right in the net. <laughs> I'm like, Play I'm for it. That. Literally, I'm on, everyone's jumping on me. I'm like, what are you doing? I, it's gone in. I'm like, I, I can't. I, I literally was like, I was honestly, it was full of blood everywhere. Obviously, in the barrier days, it was like the, the old two things up. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Side. And then the play of these up the nose. And I'm like, literally, was, my nose was like, honestly, it was massive. Eyes were puffed up and everything. Managed to play on. And in the second half, this cross came in. And as the cross came in, I could just about see it because I couldn't. And I've like missed it. And as I missed it, it's like literally got on shoulder right in the stanch. But because obviously where where Chris Turner and that were there, they it looks like you've absolutely smashed it. <laughs> the best head of it's gone in the stanchion ever. And it looks like it's gone in. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, this is like flu in us. And I'm, I'm, I'm all that little non little bit of luck because obviously they decided this one day 
we're coming back to you. Yeah, all those sack managers, all, all those managers, mis- yeah. everyone <laughs> thought it was crap. Everyone's like the whole energy just came back and give me a little bit of luck. And and, and and it's a club that's in the middle of the country that you've not got to do a four day camel ride to yeah, at any point, which, which is rare. I can actually <laughs> get two hours, which is like rare. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was literally. It. I played the game, um, played the game, never heard anything, and then I was, I kid you not, I was, I was in a freezer, minus forty degrees in my stacker with the heater on, and um, I was in the middle of putting um, this two and a half grand. I always, I always remember it. Two and a half thousand pound of salmon I was putting on this top shelf, 40 foot in this stacker. So I'm putting the stacker up just as I get to the top to like flip it, my phone rings. And I'm thinking, I don't know. So my phone rings, but I'm thinking, I need to put this off. I could see it ringing. So I was like, anyway, put it down, drop this bit of salmon thing, then just about to bring the thing down, four rings again. So I'm like, picked it up and I'm like, hello. I was like, I'll have to call you back. I've got no rece- reception. I mean, I'm like, and he's like, what? I'm like, I'll call you back. So I put the phone down, reversed out, got out the chiller, and literally I was sat in my stacker in the middle of the dock, and it was Chris Turner. <laughs> like, hi, Grant. I was like, hi, right, uh, who is this? He was, it's Chris Turner. And I was like, oh, hi, uh, thanks for calling. And I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. I'm that. <laughs> and, um, and that was literally it. He rang me and said, look, we, we, we think you've been great. We're, we're pleased with everything you want to do. We think you've got a good chance, good opportunity, and uh, we, want, we want to have you at the football club. So um, these are the terms. If you want to do it, do it, and then get back in touch with us and, and let us know what you think. And, and that was it. And I was sat in the, at the factory looking around going, well, I'm not going to have to do you for a, a few more years now anyway. Okay, now, yeah, that that. No so salmon we- moved again. Yeah, never made. So many mates who were there at the time, and they're like, "Look, don't work your notice. Get the fuck out of the factory. Don't come back." So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be pissed off at you if we see you again. Yeah, and that was basically it. Yeah, and that was that was the journey. So, but it's oh. funny the whole the whole but the whole thing came back. I said about the two luckiest times at the start about people seeing mm. me. Uh, Bill Green, bless him, who passed away. He was the one that scouted me. He'd came up on the we were playing um, Bishop Auckland on the Saturday. He came up because he was at a christening on the Sunday because he was obviously the chief scout at the time. He came up to, to, to go to christening and one of his friend's sons was playing for Bishop Auckland. So he thought, oh, well, I'm here. I'll just take in a game. And literally wow. took, took in the game. I scored at trick. And, um, and that was literally how it all started. He watched that... see me play and he, he put an information going, someone needs to keep watching this boy. And that was off the back of that, yeah. So it was wow. two times. He got, wow. kind of, if he hadn't been there, I probably would have never got, got the move, really. So that's two strokes of luck then, you know what I mean? But it's all around Sheffield Wednesday. Now, Holly, Holly's, Holly had some burgeoning questions to ask you about the Wednesday. So, so go on, Holly. No, it wasn't about Wednesday. It were about after that. But I can ask it if you want. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> it was just about when you left Wednesday. So I can come back to it if you want. We'll come back to that. I'll tell you what then, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll go for your time at Wednesday. So yeah. now, I, I, what, I, what I did, Grant, I started to try and make a list of... Uh, strikers that Sheffield Wednesday have used poorly, and uh, you know what I mean because it's it, it's quite an extensive list. <laughs> but see how long that list takes. Yeah, because yeah. like people who have who have gone from being a prolific goal scorer to go to Wednesday and then be shite, or or underused or used poorly, and or then go on to be a world beater after. You know what I mean? You, you're on that list. You've right. got Andy Booth, Jordan Rhodes before this season. You know what I mean? You've got. Uh, Heffer, is it Heffernan we had from Doncaster? Yeah. Yeah. Adam Proudlock, yeah. Uh, yeah. Benny Cofobi, Sam Winnell, Cresswell, DPAD, Leon Clyde. You know, th- there is an absolute universe of strikers that Sheffield Wednesday abused badly. And 
when you look back on your time and the, the players that were in front of you when you were trying to break into that squad, do you look back and think that that's what I deserved at the time or, or did you sit there and think, I could have done a better job than that? No, I think it was pretty true, actually, when I was there. I think, I think what happened with me was, I think it was just... What happened with me was I could have easily sit for another year, easily mm-hmm. been there and probably developed even better. But I'd been playing football like a barrow, week in, week out, week in, week out. I learned so much. Like I always say to people, Sheffield Wednesday made my career. Mm-hmm. Because I was very fortunate that I had people like Lloyd Owusu there, who were called Nick Lords or Big Chef Kikuchi, um, Adam Proudlock. And then, like I said, the man that I learned most, more off in two months, Mark Robbins, than anyone I've ever met. Really? Just watching him. Um, that shaped my career. The trouble I had was Chris Turner was under too much pressure to get them back up the league. That was the, that was the trouble I had. I think when I when I went there, me and Michael Reddy, who ended up going up front at the, the end of the season, and obviously I scored my first goal, give the penalty away, and we both got relegated, which wasn't the greatest uh, start of, of, of my career, but at least I scored anyway. Yeah. Um, that was, I should have been given the opportunity, in my opinion, that next year. Yes. If, if they'd have let me just go for it the year after and, and really had a go, I would have been, I would have scored goals that year, without a shadow of a doubt. I was, I'd scored goals. I, I don't know if you remember the game of against Burnley just before, when we got relegated. We beat them like seven two or something. Seven two. I ran absolute riot that day and didn't even score. But the amount, the amount of assists, like getting involved in different stuff, he should have given me the opportunity the year after. But instead, obviously, he went and signed Proudy. He went and signed other ones, and that was his choice. The trouble he was, he was just under too much pressure. And he couldn't uh, try a twenty-one-year-old kid. To run yeah, around up front, like. yeah, and also look, we're at a big club. The expected level, the, the Sheffield Wednesday fans, let's you use your old fans. So, just say, to be honest, if you're looking at a, a career and you want to get back in the championship, but you're looking thinking, oh, yeah, we'll play the 21 year old lad from Barra, mm-hmm. you want someone to come in for big money, you want to like get a big sign and say, right, he's going to do the job. Pretty so, similar, Lee pretty, Peacock turns up with his haircuts and his, and his yeah, jeans, say, and you've yeah. gone, what the fuck, you know. <laughs> And that was that was kind of it. It was just too early for me. It was like I wanted to play, and mm-hmm. I didn't get the game time. And and but I absolutely loved it. I, I learned so much being there. The, the lads were brilliant. We had a great knit group of, of people who used to hang around. I used to share flat with uh, Richard Evans, and we had all the younger ones, John Shaw and Woody, and people like that. And we got on, we got on great. Not me, and I enjoyed my time there. There's there's no doubt it. I absolutely loved it. I, loved I was it. always interested in that, on how you felt about Sheffield Wednesday, because looking at your career, it, it was the biggest step you'd made. Yeah, if you ever got a chance to go back, I'd have gone in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I'd have gone back in a heartbeat. But we'd have had your grant, to be fair, <laughs> mate, Look, looking at the numbers coming up, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it was something that you mentioned as well on the Under the Cost podcast, that if you'd have just maybe hung about... a. A, you know, a few months yeah. longer that Chris Turner went and then Stuart come in and you said that Stuart tried to sign you a couple of times. Yeah, you know, I th- yeah, I think if I'd stayed, if I'd stayed put, and you never know what's going to happen, if I'd stayed put, I think, I think he'd have used me more. So definitely, I'd have been involved a lot more. I think he'd have liked what he's seen. He's kind of in and around it. Um, I wonder, I think, I don't know if it's true or not, but one, someone said the one said a buyback, they had, they had the first dibs buyback clause by all accounts. Um, so when I was at Rochdale, that was always a thing that they might come back and get me because they had it. I don't know if it's true or not, but... I was going to say, because at Rochdale, you were getting a, a goal every other game. You know what yeah. I mean? Why didn't we take, up, take that up? But well, I, I guess it... Go on. You just don't know, do you? You just don't know that if it's true or not. But and, um, the thing... But that's what I said. The only reason I've done so well at uh, Rochdale is because what I'd learned at Sheffield Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. I'd gone from, when you talk about the change of positions, I'd gone from a, a lad who used to run everywhere, everywhere, be a bit of a nuisance, channel balls, do everything. I then learned off Mark Robbins that you can still do that, but also add a little bit of finesse to it and do different stuff and learn how to hold it up. I had Chef Kikuchi, who's probably the best person and Lloyd Woosa I've ever seen jumping to win headers. Yeah. Because of the way they've done stuff. So I was, even though I wasn't playing, because I'm not a person who sits in the background and goes, that's fine. I was always someone who was like, right, why is he playing? Like, how does he do that? How does Mark Robbins do that? How does, he, how does Mark Robbins always get across the near stick and put one in? Like, how does he do that? And then you ask that question, like, and then he'd say to you, slow your run down. You're going too early. You're doing this. Or, like, ask questions. Like, ask Lloydie how he flicks it so well. The, map, the way he used to glance it and stuff. You just, I used to nick it. So by the time I'd gone to, like, Rochdale, I'd now had all this not thing. And I just need to show everyone every day. Like, mm-hmm. I need to play. And I need to know that on a Saturday I was going to play football. And I was going to play Tuesday. Not like, I'm going to be in this oh, I'm getting five minutes again. And I think I think the Sheffield Wednesday fans seen glimpses of, glimpses of it. Mm. like the FA Cup games of what I could potentially be but I just didn't I didn't get any consistency because I was either going on where it was like we need a goal or and it was just too late and I said I think in hindsight yeah you'd want to stay around for six months but in reality I didn't have a year and a half I could have easily sat there you only came so along- in our opinion do you think you were a better player when you were at Rochdale you, than what you were at Wednesday because you'd taken all of that no I just didn't I just- you were better I just don't think I did got the consistency to show everyone at Sheffield Wednesday. That was the problem. I could have easily scored goals in that division, with especially with the team we had. Jesus, what a, what a squad we had. I could have easily done it. I just didn't get the games. I needed the games. And that's why it all came to fruition. I played a reserve game on the, against Berry. it was. And um, I played the game and I was pissed off, really, because I, I thought I should have been in the squad on the Saturday. I didn't even get on the pitch. I now play a reserve game. And I just went back out and thought, well, I'm going to play as hard as I want. I'm going to do what I want to do and not like listen to what's going on. And I scored two unbelievable volleys, left foot, right foot, both on the edge of the 18-yard box. And um, it was that moment I'd came in after the game and I was like, I just knew, I was like, I need to leave. I need to leave the football club. I need, I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated. I need to leave. I need to go on to do something different. And um, I walked in Chris Turner's office the next day and he's like, I know why you, you want to leave, don't you? I went, yeah, I need to go and play football. And he's like, we've had a few people coming in on loan for you. If you want to go on loan, I was like, no, I don't want to go on loan. I've done that before. I want to go, move, go and play. Snip build a career. And he went, right, okay. And then literally, obviously, word must have got around of people that I could potentially move. And then Halifax came in and Rochdale came in. Keep going, Halifax. Rochdale yeah, yeah. and said, um, we'll have him, we'll give you the money. And that was it. And I went from a, releg- a relegation, well, promotion chasing League One to a relegation League Two and, and managed to keep him, in the, keep him in. But then in, in the space of like two or three years, you're playing Premier League football. You know what I mean? Like that, that I, mean, I mean, I'm just conscious of time now, but I'm just thinking, can you sum up that next three years? So you, you've got Rochdale, Forest coming in. Uh, yeah. Uh, then you've got Shrewsbury. Then you're... Norwich and then in the Premier League kicking the crap out of John Terry. I mean, yeah. it must have been a great move for you to leave. I mean, I mean, you, you can't look back on that time at Sheffield Wednesday. God should have stuck it out because look where you went after. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You got there in the end, but would I have been there sooner? That's my biggest, my, my mm-hmm. biggest grievance is would I have been there sooner? Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to League Two, spend three years at League Two to bounce back, to then go to the Championship for two years, to then get relic, to then get promoted to the Championship. Then I think when people look at it, they always think. I was always in charge of my own destiny. 
So I chose to leave Nottingham Forest to go in the championship, to go back to League Two to play at Shrewsbury because mm. I just knew it was the right move. Yeah. And a year later, I then went to Norwich and then I spiralled up there. The biggest annoyance is that if people had seen it earlier, I could have been playing Premier League football at the age of 26, 27. Mm. And then I might have had five, six, seven years there. In the end, I only had, I had uh, three years there, two years. But I'd have had a lot longer. And that's the annoyance. That's the annoyance with it. I said, and everyone talked about the England thing. Would I have been a lot closer if I was 26, being in the Premier League, doing what I'd done? Because I knew I had enough ability to do it. But you've got to look at your journey. as like oh, everything else made that journey. Do you know what I mean? So that's the way you've got to think of it. Did you ever get an explanation from Roy Hodgson as to why you didn't get picked? No, never ever. Did you ask him? Well, the, <laughs> way, him the, thing that, the thing that killed me in the whole thing for that, there was a Capello got obviously got sacked. Then there was a friendly game just before the, the Euros. There was a friendly game that was on. Stuart Pearce took charge of the friendly game. And he decided to call up, instead of like the other lads who were on the fringe that might get in, he decided to call up all the younger 21s because that's who he was working with. So he decided to do that. I still think if I played that game in the friendly, because I was on absolute fire that year, if I played that game in the friendly, I'd have got called up. The fact that I didn't was the reason I didn't get called up, really. But then I think England make a habit of not picking people who are in form and picking... For different reasons, yeah, like well, that, Antonio now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's the FA, isn't it? So it's a, it's a it's a model of the FA. But the thing is, it's like the way I was looking is like I was at Barrow, so I've gone from Barrow to Premier League, and like I'm now more about potentially being called up for England. <laughs> yes, it's like a bugbear that you didn't, but like I was at League Two, I was in like the yeah, you've had you had one of those old school careers where you start out like you know you mentioned Antonio Holly like you know what I mean that he started at where Tooting and Mitchum and you started at, at Workington and yeah. and you know you, fringes of the England squad and and all, and all the rest of it like and playing Premier League football you don't really get careers like that anymore you know what I mean you don't well, see them much do you I think it's the 23s football that's why it takes out there's a lot more people get held so like the sh- the tree doesn't get shook early enough now so a lot of them don't fall down and come back. Mm. They stay in the tree for a long time, and then the, it might get the odd one might bounce back up. But we kind of all know who they are by then. I think that's the difference. When I was at the reason when I was eighteen at Halifax, if you weren't in the first team, you were gone. Mm. It was not like we'll leave you around to your twenty-one, twenty-two, and then see how you get on, son. It was like get out and go and make a career. And that's why a lot of the ones we're seeing now, it's kind of slowing down a little bit. If you look down the leagues now, you don't really see all these younger ones coming through till later on, twenty-threes, twenty-fours. And I think that's the difference. But as I said, for me, it's just like my career, it's, it's just one of the things I've been lucky, I've been fortunate. I, I have had a lot of football clubs, which is great because I've seen a lot of different things and I've got a lot of different views and I've seen different fans. And I try to say, even like I still muck about now and play for a team down here at Roxham. People are like, why are, you, why, are you, why are you worried about, why are you playing? Why are you doing this? You're playing the Premier League. I just love football. I tell you what, if anybody's uh, if anybody's been on holiday to the Norfolk Broad, you know exactly where Wroxham is, and there's a shop there called Roy's, and it's a big Roy's, department yeah. store, and they probably sponsored a team of it. <laughs> Not anymore, but that's what people like. To me, it wasn't about. I don't need. I don't need twenty nine thousand. I don't need eighty. I've been. In, I've said I played Wembley in front of ninety two. Like, it's about it's playing about, football. It's about playing football, and like I said, to someone stupidly said the other day, oh, "You're wasting time. Why are you mucking about here? Blah about this and the other one." I played football. The, the moment I'll be sad is the day I can't play it. That, that mm. I said this to the wife the other day. It's like, I don't care for playing the park with the boys. And I play for the Vets team here on a Sunday now, which is quite fun. We've got quite a good Vets team. And I'll play to a stop. The day I can't play anymore is the day that I'll be like devastated. 
because that's mm. like the dream that I've done from six that I played football. And that's when my, like, not being a professional anymore, it, it always happens. You get old and you can't move anymore and new people come through. But to actually stop playing, that'll be my biggest crux when I'll I, be in I completely agree as well with like, what you say about the 23s and stuff, because now that you, people are saying, you just look at what we've got Wednesday now and Alex Hunt's, is Alex Hunt 21 or whatever, and you say, no, he's a really young player. You've been in non-league for four or five years, playing with blokes for five or six years. You've been over to Singapore. You, you, you've you been in Australia and seen all these things, whereas lads at same age now have seen under-23s games, which in comparison is no experience at all, really. It's a tough one because it's great for some and bad for others, I think. I think mm. some needed it. I think there's something like me, say, when I was 18, if I'd have maybe got the 23s, would I have would have stayed in it earlier. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard to say, did I did I need them extra two years of coaching to get into that level? So it's hard to say yes or no. The trouble I, I feel for them is that you could be a kid who's 22, never played in the, never played in the first team, never really been involved in it, been on the fringes, you played a few games. You're now 22, you're now going to like, I said something, I went from Nottingham Forest and walking in and going to the boot room where we're sponsored by Umbro and go, what, what boots do you want? Like, pick a pair of boots if you want. So, like, you go in and say, oh, I'll have them trainers tell, I'll have them boots this and you. There's my kit. Wash that for me. There's my lunch, me, whatever they've done for me and all that and everything. I went from that and went to the championship to the next season, going to Shrewsbury, waking up in Carlisle, forgetting that I'd washed the kit but not dried it, driving down in the car with the with the shorts in the window, trying to dry them down the A47. Like, Do you know what I mean? Like, the A49. I didn't do it in the motorway, obviously, because it could fly off, but... Put them in the back seat, obviously, trying to try them out. And, like, they don't get these experiences anymore. No. Like, that, that, that's what I'm saying, and that's the whole point. So I always tell you, I always say to everyone, everyone, like, everyone talks about football and, like, being this important. So I said, there's only one person who's the most important, that's the owner, because they mm. they pay the money so they can do what they want. Having that, everyone's level. So it might be football, a cleaner, whatever. Everyone, we're all part of a, a job and a family. So that's why I always, I always said to lads, like, take care of everyone because you just don't know. And it's like, they just don't, it's hard now because like when they leave these good academies and they drop out and they have to start doing stuff for some, and at an age of 2021 20, and they don't know what to do, it, it must be so difficult for them. And that's why I think mental, mental health is a massive issue in football at the moment. And I think the big issue is because a lot of life lessons aren't there mm-hmm. and these are not help. It's like, it's play football, do well and not worry about everything else. And I think, I think that the more people that keep talking about it, the more people that, that do something about it, um, I think it's better for the football. Yeah, it's definitely something that's really prevalent right now, especially about the uh, the duty of care. You know, like, for example, back when you were talking about uh, Halifax, about leaving yeah. there, and they're saying to you, do you know what, see you later. There, there's no duty of care there. It's just you're going, like, you know what I mean? So I, I can understand how that's that's obviously a massive issue. Listen, Holly, I'm going to I'm gonna leave you to ask the last question because I'm just conscious of time. We've taken everybody's time and, and Grant's been really it's gracious with this. <laughs> oh, have you got everything ticked off? Have you got your bingo we, ticked off? Go on then, Ben. We, we've got to ask about the wrestling, haven't we? We, we can't... Did, well, yeah, this is where I was going to go, yeah. Yeah, we'll go finish off with that. Right, so the wrestling... So the, this is how the wrestling came about. Me being me, because I can't help myself, I always do anything for, like... If I can, I'll try and do it within within reason. Do you know what I mean? So there's a there's a wrestling there's a wrestling company in, in Norwich called the WAW. So their, their uh, daughter's page using WWE. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was there was a kid here who had um, blood cancer and they were doing a tra- charity show for him. 
So this was in the May. And I was like, um, and they're like, can you do it? Just come in, do a little bit of a thing, little slap or whatever, this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, that's not, that's not a problem. I said, no problem, I'll do that. But yeah, not a problem. So obviously I was still playing at the time. So I was like, well, I'll try and do it. And basically what happened was the, um, the fixture that I was doing got switched. So it was like, it landed on that fixture. And I'd already told everyone I was coming. I was like, felt a little bit obviously thing. So I was like, look, put a video out. I'm really sorry. I can't get there. We've got a game. Hope the night goes well. Here's a shirt. Da, 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 raffle and whatever. Put it all on my socials. Kind of, there you go. <clears throat> and they're like, oh, really appreciate it. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. Next year, I'm definitely retiring. So I knew I was going to retire the year after. That was the plan anyway. So I said, I'll do it next year. So if you book the event next year, I'll come and do it. But I want to do it properly because I don't want to just gonna come and give someone a crap slab. I want to do something properly. So this is how it started. So anyway, so got the event. Me being me, now I've retired. So I now get excited and thinking, well, hang on, if I'm going to be involved in it, let's see what I can do. Let's see who I can get. Let's see where we can have it. How big can I go? Where can we go? And obviously I've got a good relationship with Norwich and the commercial department. I know one of the big lads in there is a big wrestling fan. So I said to him, I'm going to pitch to you an idea. <clears throat> and I thought he'd just laughing, like put me out of the room. He's like, what? I went, I want to do a wrestling event on the pitch. And he went, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, we'll do it. I'll, I'll help you. We'll do it. We'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll do that. And we'll, he said, I want to break records. Who are we getting in? This, that, and the other. And that's how it grew. So obviously we had to build... So the first event I done was after a BT thing, which I knew would get quite exposure. I came and done the Royal Rumble thing, which I knew would get quite a little bit of thing. I left the closing on purpose because obviously we knew people had relevant it from the night before, and when you would build up to it, and um, obviously always we we end up doing the charity uh, the, the event with for Big C uh, and put all that in, and we end up getting four thousand three hundred carol in the end. Wow! So we got four thousand. I think we're like the biggest record attendance for like independent or something like independent that. uk wrestling i think i read yeah something like, yeah, that. Something like that yeah so four thousand three hundred we had there so it kind of just started like that and then obviously everyone, now everyone just asked me oh when you're next wrestling or when you're doing this and when i was like well i only don't really do it for charity but like and then now obviously every time like the royal rumbles on a wwe i was like 200 to one for like sky bet and that so i always get that <laughs> As soon as it comes out, my name's always on there. So listen, listen. Get if if you're gonna turn up in like yellow spandex and you've got like feathers down here, the canary. And yeah, let me know. Send me a DM and we'll. Let... Were that not copyright by Hulk Hogan? That even going down in yellow. <laughs> I don't know. You know, as long as you're not doing the uh, the leg splash, I think it's all right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It was, um, it was it was good. I said everyone got the thing out, of it and he got the great thing was he got the exposure, which was everything we were going for, was the exposure and the awareness and. The, and the family and everything like that. So it was a big year for the family because they had that fight with my family film that was out as mm. well. So it was a big, it was a big year for the family. They're really struggling actually with the COVID because obviously everything is kind of shut down. It's, and and they just, it's a shame for them because they just got to the top because obviously with everything, the film and everything is gone. They, they're getting more people going than ever. And then it was like literally night like, bang, no, you're done. Jesus, so that's yeah. right. Yeah, spandex back on. That's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that'll be the next conversation. Somebody like, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're doing a charity event. Can you come? <laughs> but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see on that note. 
All right. I, I, lo- I love the idea of you and somebody like an, an Ipswich legend, like, you know, like Jim Magilton, something, having a tear up, like, you know what well, I mean? Like, Ollie Norwood done it, didn't he? He done, a, yeah. he done a little bit in the ring. So everyone was trying to get that one. But to be fair, Ollie's a little bit too small for me. I'd chuck him around too easy. Yeah, it'd be a di- different weight class, wouldn't yeah, it? Would be, yeah. <laughs> but listen, thank you so much for joining us, Grant. That was absolutely outstanding. And, and you might have keep me quiet for a lot of part of an hour there. And I really appreciate it, man. So uh, thanks a lot. And uh, thanks a lot to... Uh, uh, Michael Constantine Wealth Management for sponsoring this nonsense once again and uh, we'll see you next time Thank you The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium It's the 90th minute You've got all your mates round You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing ready to go Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net, Lubosch. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.